up everyone welcome back to spoiler reels i am your host my name is angel and today we are going to talk about my top 10 best movies of 2020 the last episode i did well obviously the first one uh was my top 10 worst of 2020 and this year this year this episode (laughs) i'm gonna talk about my top 10 uh best with some honorable mentions and i have a lot of honorable mentions so that's i guess that's you know it says that 2020 had even though it was a shitty year we had um a pretty good amount of movies that came out in 2020 now i haven't seen basically obviously there's a lot of them that have gone under the radar for me i'm more than likely gonna see them this year but um the ones on my list are the ones that i've seen you know, in 2020, um, and the ones that I enjoyed and didn't enjoy, but for the most part, um, I think 2020 had a pretty good amount of good films, and, um, I'm gonna start with the honorable mention ones first, the ones that were basically almost in the list, but, uh, did it, but are still good, and still, I can I would say some of them I would recommend to people <clears throat> but the ones that are in my top 10 are the ones that I enjoyed the most um of 2020 um so we'll get started here um the first honorable mention that I'm going to start off with is one that kind of threw me off a bit because a lot of the movies in January they're meant to basically uh, fail, in a way. They're not. They're not. They know that it, the product. The companies know that it's not a box office hit, and most of them basically go in January is basically to die. But this movie in particular, um, I was actually impressed with it. I actually enjoyed the film. Um, it's one of those that that I definitely surprised me and that's underwater and underwater. It came out January 8th of 2020 last year. So this one, because I'm not too big of a fan of it starts with Kristen Stewart. I'm not too big of a fan of her movies. Um, but this one, uh, to me, uh, was really impressive. It, It actually was because it actually had a pretty good story with some characters that, you know, you can go along with through the whole movie. The overview basically is uh, a disaster strikes more than six miles below the ocean surface when water crashes through the walls of a drilling station. Led by their captain, the survivors realize that their only hope is to walk across the seafloor to to reach the main part of the facility. But they soon find themselves in a fight for their lives when they come under attack from mysterious and deadly creatures that no one has ever seen. This film was actually, the way it was shot, I think my only knock on this movie, the way, uh, it wasn't the way it was shot, but a lot of it, because it's, I guess it's understandable, it's, 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 it's knee deep in the, in the ocean, in the water, and, um, so I, I could, I could see why it was, a lot of the scenes were very dark, it was very hard to look at it, at, at certain scenes, but nonetheless, I think it was, it was still good enough because of the the pacing of the movie was actually great. It kept you, it kept the audience attention 
going basically it didn't like stop for a while to make the film boring or lose you in any way it it, it had a good it had a good um pacing of the film and Kristen Stewart was actually pretty good in this film it was actually a good movie I I was uh completely thrown off from the ending I wasn't expecting the ending but overall for a movie that came out in January this one is actually a pretty good movie I gave it a 7 out of 10 uh, IMDb gave it a 5.8 out of 10. Look, it's subjective, obviously, but I I personally enjoyed the film. It's one that I would just tell people if you know if, if you just wanted to see a, a I believe it's a sci-fi action. Yeah, it's a horror action film. It, it, it's pretty good as far as if you wanted to see underwater creatures killing killing the this this crew one by one um and it, they, the way they killed them too is it's, it's it's okay it's nothing it's nothing to talk about or brag about but enough like i said enough to keep your attention going enough to uh go along with the story um the ending was actually the ending was is what threw me off the most um and like i said spoiler alerts in this in this film uh, i'm sorry in this podcast if you guys don't want to hear it Go ahead and pause it, watch the movie, and then come back and then listen to it. But the ending threw me off uh, as far as because through the whole film, it's these small creature, underwater creatures. And in the end, you see basically like the 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 one that I think it's a queen because it's the one that gives that's like giving birth to these to these uh, creatures and Kristen Stewart basically trying to find ways to to destroy it i'll go as as far as that basically but nonetheless it's actually a pretty good movie um i was definitely impressed by it it really threw me off as far as because i thought it was you know for a january movie i thought i didn't think it was going to be that great but it ended up being a a pretty good film um one that uh i wouldn't mind watching again honestly i think it's a i think it's a great film the other honorable mention one uh, is Unhinged, and this one is with Russell Crowe. Uh, this one actually had uh, came out in July, um, but it, I didn't get to see it on, until somewhere around, I want to say August. That was when they reopened the movie theaters for like two weeks, and then they shut down again. But within those two weeks, they were playing Unhinged, and I went to go see it. Uh, basically, it's um, <clears throat> Unhinged is a 2020 American uh, action thriller. Uh, action thriller. This is directed by Derek Borte. Um, this one is is basically it's an un uh it's one of those road rage, uh movies that starts Russell Crowe. Uh, he's having like a really bad day, um, <laughs> and and he basically goes along with this this lady that that kind of cut him off in the traffic. Um, and he was really upset about it and, and he basically starts attacking her, um, all through the traffic, through her house. Uh, he's, he even gets to find a ways to where like he gets her cell phone and starts calling the, uh, people to, so that he can meet up with them and, and kill them basically. And then let's hit, let's her know what he did. It's basically... Russell Crowe starts off with, uh, uh, in the beginning, you can tell that he's taking medicine, he's popping pills, um, he's obviously, obviously the, the, the title says it all, it's unhinged, 
Uh, basically, the, the guy's not right in his mind. He's he's just not right in the head. Uh, he kills off this one person in the be- he kills off this couple in the beginning of the film, and then that's a, a day later. That's when he meets this lady that uh, in traffic, and he basically just starts t- stalking her all through traffic and and tries to find ways to you know fuck with her basically. And it's not just her; it's her family as well that he he gets and. Um, that get involved in this altercation. It's actually not bad. I think I think why it has so many people hating on it is because not too many people seen it. Uh, like I said, this movie was in in the movie theaters for only like two weeks, uh, and it didn't get a whole lot of showing. So I think that's probably why um, the movie failed. I actually enjoyed the film. I didn't think it was that bad at all. Um, I think it's a um, a pretty good film uh enough to kind of it's not one of the best but it's one of those that you can definitely turn your you, you know your brain off and just watch a a movie somewhat of an action film thriller and i actually enjoyed it russell crowe he's one of my you know he's a he's one of my favorite act actors um he's a great actor so you know i went to go see it and it's not that bad but it didn't make my top 10 because it did have some faults in it but um, nonetheless, I think it's one that you can definitely, you, you can definitely watch and, and enjoy, uh, watching. Um, man, he, he, man, in that movie though, he got really fat. It was crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, he was, he was, it, I don't know if he did it for the film or what, but he got really fat. Um, <laughs> I just, I hope it was part of the movie, but yeah, he, yeah, he, he was pretty fat. Alright, the other one was, uh, this one was kind of, a lot of people were going to kind of like scratch their heads about it, but The Impractical Jokers, the movie, um, this one was actually, it's because I'm a big fan of this show, I haven't seen it in a while, mainly because I have no, I don't have cable anymore, but uh, back in the early 2010s, you know, I want to say 2012, 2013 is when that show came out, it's a hilarious show, I, I immediately fell in love with the show, um, it's, it, it was, if you haven't seen it, it's basically the, this group of, of, of guys that they're, they're friends basically since high school, they basically prank each other or, or do certain pranks. And if they don't go along with it, they, you know, you'll, at the end of it, you have to make this, you have to do something embarrassing at the end. Um, it's a great, it's a great show. It's, I believe it's on true TV. I'm not, I'm not too sure, but, um, they made a movie out of it. I went to go see it right before the COVID um, shutdown started. It came out at the movies, and I went to go see it. It was hilarious. It's a hilarious. It's like trying to be jackass in a way, but in their own way, in their own PG way, I guess. Because, <laughs> yeah, jackass is like a rated R. This is more of a PG, basically meant for everyone. Uh, but it's it's hilarious the way these guys get along, the way they uh, crack jokes to each other, the way they prank each other. It's it's a very very funny show and a very funny movie. One that I thought might have bombed um, in the big screen, but did actually did did well, and I enjoyed it. I it was a it was a great movie. I I laughed really hard because <laughs> it had it had its moments where it was very funny. Um, I was just, you know, cracking up through the whole, the whole time. Uh, 
And for a, and this, I actually just put, I jot this down. For a budget of three million, it it only made ten million. Like technically, it's still somewhat of a success, but like I said, it only made a little bit because this was in the beginning of the early stages of the of the COVID pandemic. So a whole lot of people didn't want to go see it because of what was going on in the real world, and so that's why it didn't really hit too big, but still enough to get their money's worth and then some. So. Uh, Impractical Jokers is an, it's it's if you haven't seen it if you're a fan of the if you're a fan of the show if you haven't seen it I recommend it it's really funny it's it's a very funny mo- uh, movie and a funny show as well so uh, the other one was the Call of the Wild Call of the Wild was actually a, a, a not bad movie again this was another movie that I watched before the COVID thing hit i think the biggest knock that a lot of people were hating on this film was the fact that the dog was completely cgi through the whole film i get that that could turn people off from the movie um but i actually i was okay with it i didn't think um it didn't really it it didn't bother me um like like most people did uh i actually i enjoyed it um i think the reason why they went cgi is because they wanted the dog to basically have these react certain reactions face reactions in certain scenes and that that a dog can't do in 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 real life um so like for for instance like uh where uh harrison ford's in this film harrison ford basically asked him or tells him that he slept in his bed twice and that he's been sleeping on the floor ever since. And the dog basically kind of gave him this look like, I don't care. You know, it's my bed. It's, you know, something like that. A real dog wouldn't be able to do it. And that's what I'm assuming the company was going for was to get these certain reactions that a dog can't and certain scenes that an actual dog couldn't do. Now, I know a lot of people would say, well, there's certain movies out there that where dogs, you know, were able to do this. Yeah, that's true. But for what the Call of the Wild was trying to go for, they realized a, a, an actual dog couldn't do it. Um, and I think that's probably why what, where they went right there. Uh, this, the budget was 125 150 million. And in the box office, it was only 111 million. So they lost money on this one again. I think it's because of the early stages of COVID. I think that's probably why this movie didn't succeed like the company thought would. Nonetheless, I think it was a pretty good movie. IMDb gave it a 6.8 out of 10. I believe I gave it a 7.5. Um, so it's like right there. Like I said, it's a great film. Um, I think it's I think it's one that uh, you can show to your kids. And I think the kids would definitely love it. Um, I think that's probably who they were aiming for but still i know a lot of the adults went to go see it to take their kids and stuff so um nonetheless i think it's a great movie i uh, didn't make the top 10 but I, enough to where i wouldn't mind watching it again basically that's that's where these honorable mentions uh land is that i don't mind watching it again um it's not the best i've seen but uh still a pretty good movie um uh, to watch uh again the other ones, I'll skim right through this so I can get to my top 10. Uh, the other one is The Way Back. This was Ben Affleck. This also, most of these films basically came in the in the first three months of of 2020. So the first three months, the, the movie theaters were still open. 
but the early stages of COVID was basically around that corner. And so I was only able to watch a certain amount of movies in the movie theaters. The rest, I had to stream them. But the way back, I ended up watching this uh, this movie. This was like the second last movie I saw before the, the theater shut down. And this was, this was basically a Coach Carter ripoff in a way. But instead of, instead of the strict parent that Samuel Samuel L. Jackson played in Coach Carter, they threw a little twist where Ben Affleck, who's a coach, is an alcoholic. And you can see it through the whole film of how alcohol affects him through the whole film and how it affects his coaching and how the assistants coach are, are, are worried because, you know, they, they think it's, it doesn't look good uh, in front of the, the, the kids, the, the, you know, the students. And I think, I think Ben Affleck, well, as an alcoholic, he did a pretty good job. I, he did a pretty good, a pretty good job being this new coach Carter. If I guess you could say, um, he was strict in his own way because he uh, they, the reason why they they signed him on was because he used to be a basketball player in his in in his high school days and he used to be one of the best and he actually had a scholarship to you know make it big and whatnot and the reason he didn't was to spite his father who his father only cared whether he made the big leagues or not and he didn't care about him himself. And Ben Affleck at the time figured turning that down would basically say uh, it's basically saying a big fuck you to his dad. And obviously he's an alcoholic because you can tell that he regrets turning that down and you can tell through the whole film. And that's why I really enjoyed this film is that not only you can tell that he regrets the decision, but he knew that it, it was the wrong decision but he thought it was the right decision at the at that time. But as he gets older, he realizes, you know, I could have done something with my life. And he basically takes it out on, on these students because I guess in a way it reminds them of who he was before. And it was a good, it's a good film. It's a good message uh, through the movie. I think it's, you know, a lot of people obviously, I think they enjoyed Coach Carter just a little bit more. But this film should be right up there with Coach Carter. I think the way... Ben Affleck did his spin on it, um, worked well. Uh, it definitely got the message across uh, in, in the movie. Nonetheless, I think it was a great film. Um, it almost made my top ten. I, I I was thinking about putting it, but I just enjoyed these other movies just a little bit more. But nonetheless, if you have not seen The Way Back with Ben Affleck, I, I would recommend it. IMDb gave it a 6.7 out of 10. I gave it an 8. Uh, it's one of those definitely that I can definitely watch over again. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it. The last time I saw it was actually at the movie theater. So it's almost been a year since I've seen it. But from what I remember of the film, I enjoyed it. Um, you enjoy the characters. You, you enjoy the journey. Ben Affleck kind of takes you with this character. It's a great film. Uh, yeah, it came out in March, March, 2020. I would definitely recommend it if, if you haven't seen it. If you're a fan of basketball, if you're a fan of Coach Carter, the Coach Carter movie, um, I think you would get a, a, a kick out of this one as well. Uh, the other one is this one. I wanted to put it in my top 10. This was one of the 
the last movies I saw of 2020. And I really enjoyed the movie so much. I was thinking about putting it. But instead I put these other ones. And th- that is time uh, a time to hunt. Time to hunt. Uh, this one came out in February 22. February 22, 2020. I didn't even see it until I think I want to say November, December. Um, I watched it on Netflix. It was I think it's a Netflix original. I'm not sure if it's a Netflix original, but uh, that's where I saw it. It was on Netflix, and this is a great film. Um, this was uh, while planning a heist to escape a dystopian world. A group of young people attracts the attention of a vicious killer. This was directed by Yoon Yoon Sung Hun. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. It's a Korean film uh, movie. Basically, these guys that were like these small-time hustlers uh, basically are trying to get out of where they're at, uh, where their living situation, you know, and uh, the neighborhood being looking like a... And it actually looks like a dump. I mean, there's trash everywhere, buildings burnt down, broken down. It it looks like, yeah, it looks really bad. And they're trying to get out of it. They, they're trying to get to a um, a place that looks like paradise, like, you know, with palm trees and the nice beach and warm sand and as what they're saying in the movie um so they try to do this heist by basically robbing this casino the casino one of the biggest casino that basically is like the biggest in the town that everybody goes to that spends their money and everything they basically try to rob that and within a few minutes they had an insider in there and that that worked there and basically kind of gave them the inside of the film uh, of the uh, of the casino. They plan it out. Um, everything goes well except they start leaving a, a few, you know, a few crumbs in the trail, and the the guys in the casino they don't have no idea who it is, so they hire this vicious hitman killer that basically starts tracking these guys down one by one. Um, and the way he tracks them down, the way this guy is, is uh, he's a vicious killer in this movie, no doubt about it. The way he tracks them down, the way this movie was completely shot, I it was such a great film that I, you know, I, I plan on watching it again soon. And it almost made it almost made the cut. It almost did. And, and, and I really enjoy this film. Um, IMDb gave it a 6.3 out of 10. I gave it an 8.5. I think it's a I think it's a great film from Netflix. I don't know if Netflix I, I doubt it. I doubt Netflix originated it. Um I think they just bought the rights for it. But nonetheless, a great film that I watched. Um and if, if you guys are interested in watching it, it's on Netflix. Uh Time at Time to Hunt. Uh great film. Very great film. It's a thriller crime. I think people would definitely get a kick out of this, especially the the, the uh the hitman in this film. He he. Without him, I think this movie kind of shies down. It doesn't really. It wouldn't really be as good as I. Th- I think it looks good, and the hitman basically just makes the movie way better. Time to hunt. It's on Netflix. Recommend it. Uh, the last one before I get to uh, my top. T- oh, actually, no, that's it. Yeah, my top ten. Yeah, we're gonna get to my top ten here now. So. Let's get to it. Those were my honorable mentions there. Let's get to my top, my actual top 10. My And the starts at 10 would be uh, Extraction. Extraction is, I saw that movie 
on Netflix. Uh, it's starts with uh, Chris Hemings, Hemingsworth. I want to say it right. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Uh, the overview is basically a black market mercenary who has nothing to lose is hired to rescue this kidnapped son of an imprisoned international crime lord. But in the murky underworld of weapon dealers and drug traffickers, an already deadly mission approaches the impossible. This one came out in April uh, 24, 2020. So this is when basically people were still quarantined. Um, people were just in their house all day. So this movie actually was successful because everybody tuned in uh, to watch it on Netflix. I didn't see it until maybe like a week or two after I was watching other movies until someone told me that, you know, you should watch it. I think it's a great film. So I took a look at it. Um, I think I was, I think I was cautious about it because the movie that somewhat reminded me that was, I think was a letdown. I I, I want to say it was six underground underground six. It's with uh, Ryan Reynolds, which I thought that movie completely bombed and it looked similar to it, but man, was I wrong? This movie, as soon as it starts off, it takes you on this uh, huge adventure with with Chris, it's I mean jam packed action movie. If you're looking for something that's completely action packed movie, it, it's somewhat rem, not reminded. It reminded me somewhat of like of a John Wick three, not the story or the plot or the character itself, but the action itself, where it was basically nonstop action. But the way they did their action worked really well in this movie. Too much action. It could be a little bit too much. Obviously, certain movies have just looked ridiculous that where where they overdo the action too much. Not in this film. In this film, they pace themselves enough to where you understand what's going on around the action, um, and not just you know shit blowing up everywhere, and you're just seeing cars exploding and all this and that. No, this one paces itself very well. I it was such a great film. I enjoyed it. I've seen it. I want to say it a little more than twice. Great 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 film. Um that's why I had to put it in my top 10 because I definitely enjoyed the whole action, the whole pacing of it. Uh Chris 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 Hemsworth was great in this film. Uh if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend it. It's it's definitely a good one. And it at the end at the end, it basically leaves you. It leaves you with this plot twist in a way, ma- making it look like they could be a part two. So you know, stay tuned on that. I, I heard that they are probably are making a, a part two since this movie was successful uh, with Netflix. So they might make a part two. So stay tuned on that. But number ten will definitely be um, a, uh, Extraction. Uh, such an action-packed film. people should definitely watch it if they haven't seen it number nine i'm gonna go with hashtag alive i'm a big uh zombie fan movie fan like i'm a big zombie movie fans i love zombie movies um one of my favorites was train to busan along with dawn of the dead those films with zombies i just i just enjoyed it and when they when they get more clever with uh, zombie movies I enjoyed even more and that's exactly what they did with this film hashtag alive 
is a 2020 South Korean zombie film directed by Cho Ling Hung, starring Yoo Ha-in and Park Shin Shin-hee. It is based on the 2019 script alone by Matt Naylor, who adapted the script with Cho. This one came out in June 24, 2020. I didn't see it until probably... Around September, October. Oh, actually, I think he, I actually saw it in October because in October I normally would just want to play, you know, horror films and whatnot. It, you know, because it's you know October. It's near Halloween. Got to watch horror movies. Hashtag Alive. I went to I, and I seen it. It was on um, Netflix. Such a great premise of it. It's basically uh, the, the the this pandemic, obviously, of zombies kicks in this kid is in his house um and he he gets this phone call from his parents saying that you know something's happening don't open the door through the whole film it's basically shot in his apartment in this apartment this big apartment complex that looks like it has like maybe a hundred apartments in this huge apartment complex, he's basically stuck in his apartment. He doesn't want to leave it because he he ended up in the, one of the scenes. He ended up opening the door for someone that was infected. He realized what was happening. He finds a way to kill him, and then ever since then, he's been stuck in his house. But eventually, he was basically waiting for reinforcements, help, or hopefully, hopefully, he uh, gets a call back from his parents. Now. The ha- what hashtag alive is he the the internet still works it's not like the zombies you know the zombies somehow cut the cord of you know where there's no technology it still it still works and he put and so people use social media to let them know that they're stuck at home and stuff he put hashtag alive i'm still alive i'm in my apartment complex please help me he has that's why that's where the title comes in is hashtag alive i'm still alive he puts it out there to let you know reinforcements know or the army or whatever to to let them know that he's still alive in these complex but the help doesn't come by anytime soon he eventually runs out of food he runs out of water he's been stuck in his apartment for from what from the movie what what the movie looks like is months Eventually, he has to go outside of his apartment. He has to he has to run around all through the apartment complexes looking for food, water, and 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 something to kind of help him. You know, you know, looking for weapons, a gun, whatever, to kind of help him out. But ever since he goes out, he encounters these these zombies around, and the way he gets out of it the, through the whole film, I it's it, I enjoyed the film so much. He eventually finds out that someone on the other side of the complex is alive and they try to communicate each other um, somehow. And so they start basically, they find a way to kind of uh, throw a rope to get to her and to send them like, uh, to send them like notes, food, water, whatever, to kind of help each other out. And then they get this, then they find a way to kind of get together and try to get out of it, out of the situation. But the whole film is such a, it's such a good film. I enjoyed it so much. Um, it's, it's definitely one that I would definitely recommend uh, for, for people. Uh, IMDb gave it a 6.2 out of 10. I gave it a, a 9. I think it was a great film. I really enjoyed this movie a lot. It's, I think the biggest knock, and I could have gone even further. I believe actually I gave it an 8.5. I'm not going to lie. Because the biggest knock on this film for me 
was the ending. I did not like the ending at all. I thought they could have done a little better with the ending. Uh, but instead, they, they gave us this... Look, I know it's spoiler reels. And I'm going to let you guys... I won't say much, but I'm going to let you guys watch it yourselves. But I think the ending kind of really kills it. Um, I think think they should have went a different route, but that's just me. But nonetheless, it's a great film. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, One I I would definitely recommend. Uh, Number eight is Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, a lot of people are probably going to wonder why. Uh, I grew up watching Sonic the Hedgehog as a kid. Um, the cartoons, I, I, I never had the game system of Sega, but my friends did. And we would always play Sonic the Hedgehog. And I'm a big fan of the, of the, of the game as well. So, and, and when I found out that, um, that Jim Carrey was, was in the, in the movie, I was even more in it because I'm a huge fan of Jim Carrey. I grew up watching Jim Carrey films in the nineties. Um, early 2000s I'm a huge fan of of his of his work so when I found out he was in the movie um, I was all in on it and the whole movie and I they had controversy of how Sonic looked in the beginning when they showed the early stages the early pictures of how Sonic would look people hated it they didn't like how he looked the eyes were just ridiculous and I agree the eyes were very ridiculous Uh, I'm so glad they reshot it and made him look even better. And I'm glad they did it because this movie was a uh, was a huge success. The box office it was 306.8 million dollars. This one came out in August 21st of 2020. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the whole film of this. Um, it, it was. If you haven't, I mean, if you haven't seen, uh, if you if you don't know who Sonic is, I don't know what to tell you, but. Here's the here's the overview. The world needed a hero. It got a hedgehog. Powered with incredible speed, Sonic embraces his new home on Earth until he accidentally knocks out the power grid, sparking the attention of uncool evil genius Dr. Robotnik, who is played by Jim Carrey. Now it's a supervillain versus supersonic in an all-out race across the globe to stop Robotnik from using Sonic's unique power to achieve world domination. It, it not only does it have a good premise, it has it has a hilarious Robotnik in Jim Carrey through the whole film. I was just laughing so much um, because he he brought the movie. He he, he kind of I wouldn't say he carried the film because it's not like he carried it on himself. The the, the actors and uh, around the main actors uh, that were around it did their their thing. James James Martin. Uh, as Tom Wachowski, he's the, he was he's the local sh- uh, the local sheriff in that small town. He ends up finding Sonic uh, in his home, and eventually, Sonic kind of just tells him, you know, I'm not a bad guy. I'm just here to. I was just trying to escape because the Robotnik is after me, and he basically helps Sonic get to the certain place where his rings, where he's missing his rings, to escape from a dif- to escape to a different planet is on the top of this huge building in San Francisco. So he basically takes them, tries to drive them over there, but be, um, uh, Dr. Robotnik is not that far away from them. He basically uh, is stalking them all the way through San Francisco, trying to find ways to get Sonic's uh, power of, of speed and, and so he can use it to uh, 
dominate the world basically so a, a great film re, re, really good film i know uh, a lot of the kids definitely enjoyed it uh, watching this movie um it got uh, great reviews from even even the parents as well so uh, i enjoyed this film so much i think jim carrey is a great robotnik in this film uh james martin did a great job as that that local police officer uh it's a great film around the, the comedy is great the action's great and and Sonic looked way better than what he originally looked. So I'm going to leave that as number eight there. Number seven to me will be uh, Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. Now, I, I did give this one a knock as far as um, when I first saw it because um, it it was it's still a Harley Quinn movie. When you put Birds of Prey, I figured you're going to add them even more through the whole movie. Instead, you get the Birds of Prey basically on the second act of the movie. You're still giving us a Harley Quinn movie. Regardless, though, I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed the film. I thought it was a great film. Uh, Robert, oh my God, I'm, I'm spacing out on her name. Margot Robbie, there we go. Margot Robbie played a great. Harley Quinn again. Obviously, she was in uh, Suicide Squads, but that one kind of bombed. Uh, this one, the IMDb gave it a six point one out of ten. Uh, I gave it a, I want to say I gave it an eight, eight point five as well. I, yeah, I'm gonna go with eight point five. I, it's still a good Harley Quinn movie, even though it says Birds of Prey. It's still a great one. If you haven't seen it, the overview is it's open season on Harley Quinn when her explosive breakup with the Joker. Puts a big fat target on her back. Unprotected and on the run, Quinn faces the wrath of the narcissistic crime boss, uh, Black Mask, his right-hand man, Victor Zass, and every other thug in the city. But things soon even out for Harley when she becomes unexpected allies with three deadly women, Huntress, Black Canary, and Renee Montoya. This one came out on February 7th of 2020. The film was great. I think and and I was told that it actually bombed in the off in the in the box office. It actually bombed. It didn't do well. And I think I like I said I I from what I heard also as well as that people mentioned that it's a Harley Quinn movie for the most part. You don't show us birds of prey until basically almost towards the end of the film. So I you know, so I think the the title was just misleading. They would have just said Harley Quinn um, I think that would have just been better, but unfortunately they went with the other one. Um, I, it's still a good movie. Still, still a really good movie. It has great action. It has a great story on it. Uh, when Harley Quinn basically breaks with the, breaks up with the Joker, everything catches up that she did. Everything bad that she did to everybody, all the all the bad people, basically they come back to her because she's no longer protected by the Joker. So. Uh, Ewan McGregor is is the main uh, protagonist in this uh, film, or the main villain. Basically, is he's the one that's Black Mask. He's a great uh, character in the movie. Um, it shows what he's about through the whole film. We don't see the Black Mask until basically towards the end, but you see what Ewan Ewan, Ewan McGregor brought to this character, and which is like this psychopath narcissistic fucking villain uh that's he thinks it's all about him uh he 
he's one of those that basically tells you one thing and then it's another. He's a crazy fucking character, but enough to where you hate him enough to to see Harley Quinn beat him. And that's the whole point of the film. That's the whole point of his character, and he did that very well. Uh, Rosie Perez is in it. She's uh, Renee Montoya. Uh, she's the one, uh, uh, the cop, uh, trying to take down Black Mask, uh, basically. But she's basically on her own. Um, Ella J. Basco, she's Cassandra. She is the one that took Black Mask's diamond. Uh, the whole point is the all the thugs and everybody are trying to, not only are they trying to kill Harley Quinn, but they're also trying to retrieve this, this big old diamond for Black Mask. And through the whole film, she rolls with Harley Quinn. She tries to be this nice person with with her, but eventually, when she finds out that she can't win, um, she tries she tries to cut a deal with Black Mask, but eventually regrets it at the end. And then that's when you see the Birds of Prey basically helping Harley Quinn out and trying to get her back, and so she doesn't die or whatever. The whole film, like I said, it's a great film. Great film. I just think the, the title was misleading. And I think why that's why a lot of people were upset with it. But nonetheless, a pretty good film that I could I could watch every now and then. It's it's one of those movies that uh, Margot Robbie was, was great in. She plays a... It, uh, that's one, I think it's one of her best um, characters that she's made. So I wouldn't mind watching watching it again. All right. Number six. Uh, This one, number six is Onward. Onward is, I think it, I think it's, I think I placed it here because (laughs) I actually enjoyed it because I I went to go see it with my, with my nephews, um, with my little nephews who were, I want to say seven and three at the time um it's a it's a family comedy movie it's a disney movie disney pixar um onward it's if you haven't seen it it's a teenage elf brothers fan uh teenage elf brothers ian and barley barley embark on a magical quest to spend one more day with their late father like any good adventure their journey is filled with cryptic maps impossible obstacles and unimaginable discoveries, but when dear mom finds out her her sons are missing, she teams up with the legendary Manicor to bring her beloved boys back. Uh, this was actually a good movie, and I and what's crazy is it actually didn't do too well. The budget was 175 million to 200 million, and in the box office it was 141 million. Now again, this one came out in March 6th, so in March 6th, so. Keep in mind, that's the reason why it didn't succeed. This movie was an, a great movie. My nephews enjoyed it; they loved it. Um, I took them, I took them uh, to to go watch it, and <laughs> and they loved it. They immediately loved it. Obviously, like every other kid, they always have questions of what's going on, and I, I you know, I have to tell them, "Oh yeah, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. You just gotta be quiet. You gotta be quiet." <laughs> But nonetheless, they they loved it. I loved it too as well. It has great comedy for the for the uh, for the adults as well, not just for the kids, but the adults as well. And basically, it's these two brothers that are going. Obviously, I've explained it. Their dad, one of them is a is a wizard, 
and the, the the sons and the son tries to bring the dad back instead he he's because he, he's he's a a, a beginner of it a, a rookie he only got his dad halfway which only give him the halfway like his legs his leg his 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 lower body down basically so they had to go and, and through this adventure to get this stone to put it back on the on the on this stick that he used to get half of his dad back and he needs to get to retrieve this other stone in order to get the other half of his dad, his his top, his top uh, dad back basically. And he and they and basically go on an adventure. The adventure is hilarious. They his the the younger son is the is the wizard. The older brother is the is the one that actually knows about all the wizards and all this uh all, all this other stuff and it's his brother that's the opposite he's not he's not into that but he is the wizard so he's the one that has to hold hold it down and try to get the wizard going and through the whole of the movie he starts realizing how the how being a wizard is actually pretty cool because it has its perks it has these magical things he could do that a normal person can't do and he realizes that all through the movie and all through the movie he realizes that even though his father is is not fully there, he still went on a journey with his father. His father was there through the whole film. He just couldn't talk to him. And but I think the biggest thing was is that it also showed uh, the brothers, showing the brothers connecting even more, because you can tell that that the you know the younger brother who was in high school who's trying to be popular, who's trying to be cool, and his brother who's this wizard who's like this geeky you know, guy, they eventually connect more through the whole film and realize how all this is actually pretty cool and how they, they, they get along even better. It's a great film. It's, it's one of those that I actually watch, um, a few times already. My nephews love it. Uh, I, it's a great film. I love, I enjoyed it. The first time I watched it, I really enjoyed it. I even ended up seeing it, uh, the second time and it was a great film. I, I really enjoyed it. If you haven't seen it on onward, it's a it's a great film. Uh, the voice characters, I'm pretty sure you'll know. Tom Holland is Ian. That's the younger brother. Uh, Tom, if you don't know who Tom Holland is, Tom Holland is the uh, new Spider-Man from Homecoming and and whatnot. I'm sure you guys know it. Come on now. Uh, the older brother is Barley. Uh, that's Chris pa- Chris Pratt. He's the he's the one that does the voice on that. Uh, great film, a really really good film. I enjoyed it. I I thought it was a funny movie. Um, definitely one that I would definitely recommend to people. Uh, number five. Now we're getting to my top five, and number five is The Hunt. If you haven't seen The Hunt, it's um it's one of those dark dark humor films where it's it's an action film. But knows what it is. is It's self-aware of the film. It's self-aware and it makes fun of itself. And that's what I liked about the film. Because you can tell this movie has been done plenty of times. And the overview basically it's 12, 12 strangers wake up in a, in, a, in a clearing. They don't know where they are or how they got there. In the shadow of a dark internet conspiracy theory, ruthless elitists gather at a remote location to hunt humans for sport. But their master plan is about to be derailed when one of the hunted crystals turned the tables on her pursuers. Uh, this was directed by Craig Zobel. 
this this one came out in March 13th. This was one of like the few last movies I saw at the movie theater. I enjoyed this film from the beginning to the end. This one had me laughing at some of the humor that they brought in the film. And it went so well with it that I, I just I laughed at it so much through the whole film. Because you, you can tell that the movie knows what it is. And it's not taking itself serious. Even though it's an action somewhat of an action movie it has dark humor in it and i enjoy watching movies that have dark humor it makes fun of itself and i and i enjoyed that and then through the whole film um the main the main protagonist of the film uh betty gilpin as crystal out of the 12 strangers she is the one that has the most experience as far as um I think her father was in the army and her and her father basically taught her how to shoot a weapon, how to fight, how to locate traps and stuff like that. And the the elite the elitist who are these rich people have nothing but time on their hands going around hunting people for for sport. They they didn't know that and and you can see through the whole movie that they basically go through their backstories of these people that they want. Unfortunately, they got the wrong person. It was um it was the neighbor that they were trying to get. Instead they get her thinking that she's just this this white trash redneck person and she's the complete opposite of it. And she's like this stone cold killer and she's basically turns the tables around and tries to murder the people that are hunting her. I think it was but I've seen this move I've seen that type of movie plenty of times. But I think what makes the difference, what stands out, is the dark humor of this film. It makes fun of itself, and it works so well. I enjoyed it so much. Um, I watched it a few times. Um, it's a great film, though. I think it's one, definitely one to watch. IMDb gave it a 6.5 out of 10. I gave it a 9. I enjoyed this film a lot. If you haven't seen it, The Hunt, it's a great, great film. It's an action thriller, but it also has that dark humor to go along with it so the hunt makes it on my top five for sure number uh, four is bad boys for life um bad boys for life that one also came out in february which is kind of weird because you would think a movie like that would more than likely make it to the in the summer like the summer blockbuster hits instead it came out in february where a lot of the movies are basically meant to die or not be or the whack ass movies that they put out there just to make a quick buck. But instead they put it around I think it was around February. And I'm a fan of the Bad Boys movies. I've seen the Bad Boys movies um since I was a kid. The first one I think came out in like 94, 95. Um I was a huge fan of it then. I'm still a huge fan of it now. The second one didn't come out until I got to like high school. Came out like around oh three. So this this like more than 10 years gap to get the third one. What I enjoyed is what I liked the most out of it is that they basically, they basically, uh, they knew, they knew that the, the characters were old and they basically addressed the elephant in the room through the movie. And through the movie, you can tell that Will Smith is, is Will Smith and Martin Lawrence are, you know, they're getting old. They're not what they were in the first movie and they addressed it in this film. And that's why I enjoyed it about it. Like for instance, and like spoiler, spoiler alerts, spoiler alerts, uh, Will Smith, um, gets shot. He's in the hospital and through the hospital, he's in a coma 
and he's in a coma for a while. And while he's in the coma, Martin's character is always checking up on him, obviously, because that's his partner. That's his boy. You know, so he's always checking up on him. You can see you can in one of the scenes, you can see Will Smith is uh, his beard has gray and you can see Martin trying to dye his hair, his his beard to black. So it doesn't show the gray little things like that through the whole film is what I enjoyed the most. It's it's such an action packed movie as well. Uh, you find out that Will Smith has a son, um, and the 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 son is the one that basically shot him, and he is uh, but he doesn't know it. The son doesn't know it. He thinks he's someone else's uh, he's someone else's kid, not Will Smith's kid. He thinks he's someone else's kid until they at the end they he finds out that Will Smith was the dad of the whole time. And the mom was the one that was trying to get them to, was trying to kill everybody that imprisoned her, uh, in America. So this, the movie's great. It really is. The action is nonstop. You can tell Martin, Martin was really trying to retire. And he actually does through the movie, but, um, when his captain gets shot, he gets back in to kind of basically avenge, avenge him. And he, um, him and, and Will Smith partner up again from, you know, for another, for another fight. And through the whole film, the action was great. The, the, the comedy was great. These two, these two kind of basically look like they didn't even lose a step, even though it's been like more than 12, more than a decade since the second one had came out. You can tell that they didn't even lose a step through this movie. It's a great film. If you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend it. If you haven't seen any of the bad boys, I definitely recommend you watch all three of them. All three of them are, are solid. All three of them. I, uh, I This one, I gave it a nine. And it's really because I just enjoyed how they keep bringing Will Smith and Martin's uh, age through the whole film. Of how these guys are old and they have to work with this younger crew and whatnot. And, and you can tell that, that it's that the... Uh, Father Time is basically catching up to them. And I really enjoyed that through the whole film. Alright. Let's get to my top three movies. And at number three. This one surprised the hell out of me. This one definitely surprised the hell out of me. And that is. uh, I don't know if Netflix. This was a Netflix original. But this is in Netflix. And that's His House. His House is a horror thriller movie. <clears throat> it's only an hour and a half, but within that hour and a half, it basically explains. Uh, it basically is. It, it explains so much of the film. It basically explains so much of the film. Uh, the overview is: a refugee couple makes a harrowing escape from a war-torn South sudden, but then they struggle to adjust to their life in an English town. That has an evil lurking beneath the surface. This one came out in January 27 of 2020. I didn't see this movie until the quarant- around the quarantine. Basically around like I want to say August. Um, August, September I want to say somewhere around there. I didn't see I, yeah, I didn't see it until around that time. And I was blown away from this movie. This movie is an awesome horror thriller movie. The fact that they use refugees instead of like this modern white family that's, you know, like uh, a mom and a dad and, and mom with the kids. The kids basically, 
you know, they see the horror, like the spooky stuff happening around the house. It, you know, you've seen that like repeatedly, like obviously in the conjuring, you know, like they do that. In this one, they bring in refugees from a, a different country that they're trying to escape this war and they're doing it by any, by any means necessary. And they get to this, uh, in, in English town place where they're just trying to make a living and the, and you can tell through the whole film the 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 the, the husband um the husband is basically trying to keep everything together uh, his name is Sope Dirisu in the movie he was called Bull you can tell that he is trying to keep it together even though he's going he's he's seeing a bunch of scary shit around his house and it's basically it's basically uh uh their their um their sins their their past sins coming back to get them from this uh this evil evil uh, from this evil basically haunting them and it's showing them their sins of everything through the whole time like it's like yeah you escaped but at what cost basically and through the whole film they're being haunted I mean the the visuals of this movie alone was great and it, it it caught my attention from the beginning how the way this movie was shot you're, you're going with three with uh you're going and watching what these refugees are going and are going through the film was i mean it, to me some of the scenes were uh, was freaky as hell it was scary as hell it was freaky as hell um i think it's i think it's a better film than the conjuring honestly i think this one freaked me out his house freaked me out more than the conjuring did I think I think his house should be should be talked about more because this film I, I I it's man it is the way they shot this film the way they told this story in this movie was just great I mean it was just it was great I I enjoyed it I enjoyed it a lot you can tell how both of them are basically losing their minds inside their house but when they leave outside they're just trying to keep it together um, obviously they're refugees, so they're they're being monitored at all times. Um, so they have to make it look like everything's okay, but they know it's not. So they're trying to make it work. It's a great film, great great film, and I highly recommend it. Um, I actually, uh, IMDb. I don't know what's going on with them. They get a six point five out of ten. Honestly, I give it a nine point five. It's almost a ten to me. Um, it's a great great horror film to me, honestly. And I think I think Netflix really nailed it with this one right here. Um, it, it's one of those that I definitely would recommend to people if you haven't seen it. His House is a great film. Uh, this was director Remy Remy Weeks. He also did the screenplay on this film. Uh, his uh, Sope Dirisu as Bull. His wife was Winmi Mosaku as Real, and. These two basically going through the th going through all this hunting around their house. I mean, it looked creepy as hell through the whole film. The way some of these shots, some of the scenes were shot, was awesome. Um, I can't I can't tell you enough how how great this movie is. I I highly highly recommend it. Um, it's on Netflix. I gave it a nine before when I fin when I finished watching it. I watched it again and it's like a 9.5. It's it's still right out there. Like I think if I watch it again, it might be a 10. It's that movie is that good. I've recommended it to plenty of people.
Alright, now let's get to my number two. And number two, this one, man, this one. I was excited when uh, I first saw the previews of it. I mentioned it to my brother of how excited I was this to watch this movie. They wanted to see it as well. And that is The Invisible Man. This movie was awesome from beginning to the end. Because in the beginning, it basically... You see um, the uh, character... Uh, Elizabeth Moss's character, Cecilia... Trying to escape her is her trying to escape the um her her husband's house, which was played by Oliver Jackson. She basically through the whole the the whole beginning of the film, you can tell that she's you know she wants to stay away from her husband, she's like she doesn't love her husband or whatever. And through the whole first like five minutes of the film, you see her trying to escape, um, and she does eventually, but. Uh, the, the boyfriend eventually catches up to her um, and then finds out that she or basically asks her why he's why she's doing this but then they basically she escapes and a few few weeks later I, I want to say not a few weeks later a few days later she finds out that her husband committed suicide or killed himself um she was happy at first because not only that, the husband leaves her with like five, with like millions of dollars um, to her. And she thinks everything's all good, but eventually finds out that someone's fucking with her and she can't see him. He, you know, he basically found a way to find this technology, this, this suit, this suit technology that basically, basically uh, makes him invisible. And through the whole film, he's basically haunting her. And they don't believe her because they're like, well, I don't see him. What's going on? And you can see while she's alone, it's basically while she's alone that he encounters he encounters the Invisible Man. And then eventually towards the end of the movie, people start seeing it, but they can't believe it. And um, she finds out that he, he found a way to be invisible. And through the whole film, she's basically just trying to find ways to kind of kill him and trying to escape or, or, or find ways to kind of... Uh, like traps and whatnot to kind of expose them, I guess. And um, the whole film was just uh, one hell of a ride through the whole film. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot, actually. Um, I think Elizabeth Moss is a great actress, um, and she killed it. She killed it in this movie. She she did great through the whole film. Uh, Invisible Man is. It's one of the. It's it's when I when I. First saw as soon as the movie was over, I knew that this one was definitely in my top ten for twenty twenty because the whole movie just takes you on a whole ride from beginning to the end. Um, and then there's this one particular scene, man, when it's I'll, like I'm not gonna spoil too much, but if you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. And it's basically when she meets with her sister at this at this at this uh, uh, restaurant. I mean, that scene alone was ridiculous. IMDb gave it a 7.1 out of 10. I honestly gave it a 10 out of 10. Uh, I think it's such a great fucking film. Honestly, I, I enjoyed it. I could watch it over and over again. It's a um, it's just not the Invisible Man, but the whole premise itself of what Elizabeth Moss' uh, character has to go through through the whole film 
and it's 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 so great, man. If you haven't seen it, um, after staging his own suicide, a crazy a crazed scientist uses his his power to become invisible to stalk and terrorize his ex girlfriend. When the police refuse to believe her story, she decides to take matters into her own hands and fight back. Um, this was directed by Leigh Whannell. Uh, he did a great job. Blumhouse Productions. I think they fucking they hit a home run with this one right here. Um, Blumhouse. They they'll have their moments where they'll fuck up. Fantasy Island, obviously. But this one right here was is their is their fucking go to right here. This was their this was their gold right here because the film was just it was made it was made really great. The scenes, the way they shot the scenes, the way they shot the Invisible Man in a way, and the film was just it was great. So the way to expose the um, the way they did to expose the Invisible Man was also great as well. Um, the whole movie is great. If you haven't seen it, I, I highly recommend it. I, it's definitely one of those that need that needs to be that needs to be watched. And my number one movie of 2020. Now, even though this movie threw me off on a loop the whole time I was watching it, the whole time I was watching. It, honestly, it's I you had to watch. More than one time, and that's what the, the director has has mentioned. You have to see this movie more than one time in order to really understand it. But the fucking movie alone, the scenes, the the action sequences, everything that was in this movie was so fucking badass, man. I was just like blown the fuck away out of this how how he directed this movie, and that is Tenet. Tenet. Uh, this was uh, directed by Christopher Nolan. If you if you don't know who Christopher Nolan is, he's the one that did the uh, the Batman series, the um, Batman Begins, the Dark Knight, and the Dark Knight Rises, and also Inception. So this one has a little bit of somewhat of Inception kind of thing. If you thought Inception was hard to follow, this movie makes Inception look like like child's play basically, because Tenet is. A fucking doozy of a ride movie, honestly. Like it's it's one of those that's just it's just gonna fuck with your head through the whole film, and that's and that's the whole point of it. He needs you to watch it more than one time in order to like to get some of the some of the scenes or some of the plot twists that you didn't get from the from the first time you seen it. But the whole through the whole movie, I was just tripping the fuck out. Um, how this movie was even made, especially when they did this. Let me give you the overview. A secret agent is given a single word as his weapon and sent to prevent the onset of World War III. He must travel through time and bend the laws of nature in order to be successful in his mission. The budget of this was $205 million. The box office, even though through COVID, was three hundred and sixty-three million dollars. I didn't get to see this movie until they reopened the the movie theaters for like those two weeks. And when as soon as I found out, shout out to my my little brother. My little brother is actually one that told me that the movies were open around that time, and I didn't realize. I thought the movies were completely shut down. But he told me. I took a look, and then I realized that they were playing Tenet, and I went to go watch it, and I and I actually went to go see it twice before they shut down. 
this movie will throw you in a loop. I mean, through the whole time of this movie, but yet you're, 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 you're so, I mean, at least for me, I was, I was so into the whole story as far as the visuals of when he does the time traveling, when he does the time, the time traveling, there's on sun or uh, on the same scene, the actual timing is happening. I don't know how Christopher Nolan did that. I think it's I think it's fucking insane how he was able to direct a movie like this, honestly. <clears throat> but I was completely blown away how this movie how this movie was made and how it captured certain scenes in the movie. And oh man, um Elizabeth Debicki was in it. She was Cat. Robert Pattinson was there. He was Neil. And then John David Washington, the protagonist of, uh, he, that's Denzel Washington's son. If you don't know, that's his son. Um, he he did a, he did a phenomenal job in this movie. Him and 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 uh, uh Robert Pattinson. They did a great 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 fucking uh, job in, with this movie. This ridiculously fucking trippy ass movie. Uh, Kenneth Branagh. As Andre Sator, he was the villain of the film, and he played a, a really, really good villain in this film. Um, I enjoyed everything about this movie. I went to go. I I saw it once when when it fucking when it first reopened, and then I went to go see this movie like two days later again. It was that it was that crazy of a movie. I I still missed a few things here and there, even with my second look. It's just one of those movies that I think if you keep rewatching, you'll catch certain things that you you missed the first time or the second time you wish. It's it's not one of those movies that you'll get it within the first watch. I don't care what you say. <laughs> it's just too trippy of a movie to be able to watch to get it all in one in one hit. But nonetheless, Tenet to me is the number one movie um, of 2020. In my opinion, like I said, this is my list. This is my 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 own personal list. If you have your own list, great. Um, it's it's this is just mine. This like I said, it's subjective. Um, but this is my opinion. Um, and but all the other movies were great. Like I said, the honorable mentions were still great. Those are ones that I can still catch myself uh, watching here and there. Uh, but the top ten is one of those movies that like, I, you know, I can frequently watch. Um, for the most part and. Tenet to me takes takes the number one, man. It, it really does. Um, and out of all of them, honestly, honestly, I had a hard time because I I love the Invisible Man, the movie Invisible Man, and I, that's why I put it at number two. But damn it, it his house is one of those that almost beat that movie, almost, almost. But I enjoyed the Invisible Man just a little, the movie a little bit more. Then, but his house, man, it's right up there. Like <laughs> I'm telling you, if you have Netflix, I I highly recommend watching it. It's a great film. Um, all these movies are great films, but uh, Tenet takes the number one. All right, guys, that was that was my uh, top ten best 2020 movies. Um, next episode, I'm gonna just try to uh, focus on one movie and kind of break it down through the whole time, the whole film, um, the whole time and see how that goes but yeah those were my top 10 20 top 10 best 
of 2020 and then top 10 worst of 2020 to start off the first two episodes there so after that the next the next uh ones will more than likely just focus on one film in general but keep in mind some of the episodes will be like rankings like ranking certain franchise movies uh ranking certain actors or actresses movies and stuff and we'll go you know from 10 to 1 or whatever so all right guys well thank you guys for uh listening to my podcast um stay tuned i'm not sure when's the next time i'll do the uh, the next episode but uh i'll do my best to try to get it as soon as possible there so i hope you guys enjoyed my uh my list and we'll see you next time